There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. Hi, folks. I am Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on July the 21st, 2008. Newcomers should look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and download as much of the talks as you can handle, go through them, and you'll put a lot of pieces together, which will give you shortcuts to the big agenda, the big agenda that rules the world, and it really is an agenda from many, many different sides and Organizations all working together towards the same goal. And it can only be pulled off if the majority of the public are kept completely in the dark. Also look into Alan Watt for transcripts which you can download in the various languages of Europe. Now people can look into my site as I say and they can order a few things from the site. That keeps me going. That keeps me running here. And there are costs here, big costs. And there's also ways to donate as well on the site. So for those who want to keep it going and who get a lot out of it, you can help out by donating or buying some stuff. Even if you have it, you can buy more and pass it out to your friends. We really are on such an amazing roll since 2001 towards this brave new world scenario. So much so that many people really cannot handle all of the facets which are working on them at the same time around the clock from all kinds of media. Apparently unrelated articles, but really they are related because behind all of this movement is the big eugenic movement that started long ago. It was on the go long before Charles Darwin came along to give it some credence. And with pseudo-scientific terminology, that's what they tended to do, was give it credence. It's much like psychiatry. You give it lots and lots of terms and labels, try to mix in some medicine with it to give it legitimacy. It's much the same sort of technique they use with Darwin. Because the elites had always looked upon the masses as their servants. And they saw the time coming when there'd be too many of the servants, and those servants might demand change. They might demand some of the goodies that they've been supplying the elite with for centuries and centuries. They might demand better housing and so on. Now therefore they had to get a legitimate sort of counter to religious organizations which were still followed by the majority of the public and the counter was a form of atheistic uh, new religion because it's a religion, even though it's an atheistic religion in a sense. It's non, non-Christian for sure, but it's based on nature worship of a, of a type. In other words, we exist, I think, therefore I am. And with that philosophy, they went on from there. Anything which couldn't be proven empirically by testing over and over was of no use whatsoever. Not a new idea. The ancient Greek philosopher, philosophers had various schools, and some of them specialized along that type of logic. But what they thought was, 
if he could convince the public they would just come from amoebas and somehow uh, gained intelligence with each leap, even though they never found any transformation from one species to the next. And we still see all the cons about today. These people truly believe, at least tell us that they believe in evolution. Every science that runs our lives today is taught this right off the bat to the students when they come into universities. Evolution. And you need a lot of faith to believe in evolution. An awful lot of faith. I'll be back with more after this break. Hi, I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Just prefacing an article I'm going to read, which takes us along the Darwinian route. There's something that's been drummed into our heads. It's inevitable by countless movies and books and little talks from television on science and technology and so on, conditioning us all towards this progress idea where we're progressing towards something and that's what you must do with a herd you see you, you make them think we're actually going all along the same road because we choose to and nothing is further from the truth back in the 50s and 60s futurist societies were pumping out authors who went around universities and promoted certain ideas Arthur C. Clarke was one of them with his predictive programming. And these characters got awards for predicting uh, certain things would come scientifically ar around the corner uh, to the public. And they got awards for this. And it wasn't because they were geniuses, it's because they were let in on the fact that this technology was already worked on or they had it already. Whatever is given to the public is, is technically obsolete. When it's announced to the public, it's just being invented is technically obsolete. And that's how you hold on to power. But we're told about something, they're, they're light years ahead of it, the time we hear about it. But genetics or anything else for that matter. And uh, these futurists, as I say, they're given, uh, those who belong to the futurist society, they're given, these authors are given stories to put out novels or movies and so on to the public. And they're given a lot of facts to wrap around it. And it's the facts that become embedded in our heads is inevitable. So something that seems familiar to us doesn't seem so scary, even though we haven't thought it through or reasoned it through on a conscious level. That's why it works so well. This didn't start in the 19th or the 20th century. It started in the 1800s, when a Rothschild Foundation started sponsoring novelists to write about science, wrap science into fiction. And we came up with science fiction. And youngsters whose minds are wide open to that, will love being tantalized by tremendous stories about the future. Uh, they themselves were having predictive programming put into their minds. There are a thousand ways humankind could go, remember. As Lenin said this, and he was taught by the best bankers on the planet. But we're taught that we can only go one way, and that's evolution. And someone obviously plans that way. And it's promoted through universities, it's promoted through CEO meetings, international meetings, corporate business leaders, until it becomes the norm, like it's the only place to go, 
only way to go. That's how it's done. And as I say, behind this, remember, between, behind the, the, the Darwinistic uh, concept of evolution, survival of the fittest, and the literally the, the euthanasia of the lesser, lesser types of humans, as they must do according to their own particular religion here, uh, they hope to go through into a brave new world with purpose-made humans to serve them. That's really what it's for. And I'm amazed how the average person on the street thinks they're all going to be given immortality one day and better health. They still think they'll retain their independent thinking, if they have any. But nothing is further from the truth. They want perfect slaves at the top. And this is from CNN. I can't even find the date on this particular article. And I think, I think it's recent anyway. And it says, scientists, humans and machines will merge in future. Nick Bostrom says technology will let humans manipulate their own biology. Ray Kurzweil, this is a guy who is a futurist and does sci-fi and all that, predicts humans will be mostly non-biological by around 2030. That's about the time, remember, after the 30 years or, or, or so of riots we have to go through as they cut back all the things we need to live. Biotechnology, nanotechnology and robotics could merge mankind with machines. The Borg, that's what the Borg was all about. You will be assimilated, right? And it's by Lara Farrar. That's L-A-R-A-F-A-R-R-A-R for CNN. London, England. A group of experts from around the world will hold a first-of-its-kind conference Thursday on global catastrophic risks. Now, everything is under catastrophic risks, remember. Okay. Dr. Nick Bostrom says superintelligent beings could pose an existential risk to human life. Some experts say humans will merge with machines before the end of the century. They'll discuss what should be done to prevent these risks from becoming realities that could lead to the end of human life on Earth as we know it. That's sort of doublespeak. They're going to do it, they're going to preserve it, right? It's like, it's like progressive conservatives. You progress and you conserve, same thing. The speakers at the four-day event at Oxford University in Britain will talk about topics including nuclear terrorism, and what to do if a large asteroid were to be on a collision course with our planet, or if the Prime Minister slips on a banana peel, I added the last part. On the final day of the Global Catastrophic Risk Conference, experts will focus on what could be the unintended consequences of new technologies, such as superintelligent machines that, if ill-conceived, might cause the demise of Homo sapiens. I always get a laugh at the sap part. We're all saps. You've got an ape in there as well. Any entity which is radically smarter than human beings would also be very powerful, said Dr. Nick Bostrom, director of Oxford's Future of Humanity Institute, host of the symposium. If we get something wrong, you can imagine the consequences would involve the extinction of the human species. Bostrom is a philosopher. Now, they always have big philosophers involved with these big uh, real government movements, I'm talking about world government movements. Arnold Toynbee and many others were historians-philosophers who could guide the meetings along this futurist-type scenario by using the past and projecting it into the future regarding behavioral reactions to certain events and changes. So he's a philosopher and leading thinker of transhumanism. Now that's the whole... They've got so many new names for eugenics. Eugenics had a bad name because of what, what happened in Nazi Germany during World War II. 
So they came out later with bioethics committees. Bioethics. These are the ones who decide uh, about how far they can go or what they should do next with the human gene. It's the same organization. And another part of the same organization is called transhumanism. Now that they've got everything really vague now, everything's vague what normalcy is, whereas men, females, or, or anything else, is, and all the ones in between. Now they're pushing, and that was the real reason for it. They don't, they don't care if you're homosexual, lesbian, or anything else. They simply use movements to fuzz and give a, a kind of hazy idea of what any kind of normalcy is, any kind of normalcy. And once you have everything in flux and there's no normality of any kind, and you've degenerated the world as far as you can take it, then you get into the next phase. You can really push into where you want to go. This is a scientific technique, and everyone is used along the way. So a leader to think of transhumanism, a movement that advocates not only the study of the potential threats and promises that future technologies could pose to human life, but also the ways in which emergent technologies could be used to make the very act of living better. Now, that little statement means that someone's defined what, mean, what they mean by living better. We better understand how they talk to us in eugenic societies. We want to preserve the best of what it is to be human. Remember that part, too. That means those that are deemed not the best will not be preserved. And maybe even amplify that, Bostrom said. Obedience. Transhumanists, according to Bostrom, anticipate an era in which biotechnology, molecular nanotechnologies, artificial intelligence, and other new types of cognitive tools will be used to amplify our intellectual capacity, improve our physical capabilities, and even enhance our emotional well-being. Yet that last part there, enhance your emotional well-being. Remember, the eugenic societies, along with the psychiatric institutions of the world, are hand in the glove. They have the same agenda because they're based on, on, on the same premise that everyone in the world who hasn't made it to the top is either a poverty gene in them or you're, you're just simply inferior or too emotional. That emotion is a bad... That emotion makes you too poor a worker. They want to eradicate emotion, remember. So they're like Mr. Spock without your salary. The end result would be a new form of post-human life with beings that possess qualities and skills so exceedingly advanced they no longer can be classified simply as humans. I was talking about this years ago and people simply rolled their eyes. And here it is right in your face. I talked about the hermaphroditic society because I'd read the books from the 60s the American Psychiatric Institute in their big long meetings and what came out of it in the book when they talked about creating a world of hermaphroditic creatures They'd be very peaceful, well-behaved, and very obedient, and more efficient. And now it's out in Australia. They're looking at this seriously in mainstream papers. We will begin to use science and technology not just to manage the world around us, but to manage our own human biology as well. Manage our own human biology. What do you think they mean by that? Again, you're back to reproduction. The changes will be faster and more profound than the very, very slow changes that would occur over tens of thousands of years as a result of natural selection and biological evolution. There's a religion again. These are the guys who must destroy all other religions to bring in their own, and guess what? They've succeeded. Bostrom declared,
trying to predict an exact time frame when this revolutionary biotechnological metamorphosis might occur, which is a joke, he knows. Maybe it will take eight years or 200 years, he said. It's very hard to predict, which is nonsense because he's already said by 2030. Other experts are already getting ready for what they, could, they say could be a radical transformation of the human race in as little as two decades. This will happen faster than people realize that Dr. Reid Kurzweil an inventor and futurist who calculates technology trends using what he calls the law of accelerating returns, a mathematical concept that measures the exponential growth of technological evolution. I'll continue with this very good part about Eve and Lucian after the following break. Long before this article appeared. 
And remember what Charles Galton Darwin said in his book, The Next Million Years, quite the boast. He said that the elite themselves would not alter their own brain. Everyone else down below them will have their brains altered because you don't need your ability to critically think and solve problems when the state is making all your decisions for you. He didn't mention computers programming you, but that's what it is. So the elite, remember, will still be guiding the, the ship of planet Earth, and they must retain the survival capabilities. You won't need them. So do you really think these boys at the top are going to do all this to help Joe Average at the bottom? Let you play forever? I don't think so. You see, there will be no more you. You'll be a robot, basically. A programmable, self-healing, that's why they like the human body. It's a tremendous machine. And you'll be very, very efficient. In the 2040s, Kurzweil predicts that non-biological intelligence will be billions of times better than the biological intelligence humans have today, possibly rendering our present brains obsolete. So technically, we're all obsolete already. And remember, you're living in an economic system. They don't mention economics here, like what you'll be doing. If there's no purpose for you, will they allow you to live? If you're alive, will you even know it? Our brains are a million times slower than electronics, Kurzweil said. We will increasingly become software entities if you go out enough decades. This movement towards the merger of man and machine, according to Kurzweil, is already starting to happen. And it's most visible in the field of biotechnology. And we've got to remember all the, the feeding we've had from fiction, like artificial intelligence and all those other movies they put out there, just to get the idea implanted and to make us kind of stand in awe of what's to come. The scientists gain deeper insights into the genetic processes that underlie life. They are able to effectively reprogram human biology through the development of a new forms of gene therapies and medications capable of turning on or off enzymes and RNA interferences or gene silencing. They can silence genes. This was mentioned quite a few years ago on national television in Canada by a geneticist who does all the nature programs for the Green Boys, David Suzuki. And he said they had, they had then capability of turning off the aging gene and making you live for 500 years if they wanted to. This, all, this is old stuff. It's amazing, too, as I say, that people will look upon this kind of article without thinking of the little phrases that are used, thinking that these benevolent people at the top, these altruists, just sweat nightmares over maybe they've missed something to help you. And they never look into the foundations that fund them and look at their histories, like the Rockefeller Foundation, or any of them. And the whole plan and process of eugenics never, never dawns on them. Because most people are technically dead already. They're not conscious. To be conscious is alive. Still transform into the next step quite easily. Back with more after the following messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. 
Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Going through some of the amazing farce that's presented to the public as fact. And I say farce because it's all deception, and techniques are used to con the public to go along with these agendas. And it is a farce in a sense, because a farce is a kind of comedy that they used to do on stage. Very blatant, awful, naughty stuff. It was all called tits and bums, they used to call it, in Britain. It was very, very common on the stages back in the 1800s and early 1900s. Uh, you couldn't miss the point, but this stuff is done the same way. It's done the same way to the public. The problem is the public today can't think for themselves. They've been trained not to reason. And they've been trained, like Brzezinski said, that the media is there to do all the reasoning for them. That's a sad thing, but it's a very effective weapon that's been used against them, and they can't think for themselves. And they have been trained to believe that these people um, are somehow, as I say, altruistic. They have their best interest at heart. They don't see them as private corporations or government-run stations. They really see them as some kind of vague special priesthood that does all their thinking and warning for them. They warn them. And before I go into go on to the callers, here's an article that has to be mentioned because it shows you the massive conflict you get into if you mention all the contrary evidence to do with the global warming scam and what comes against you if you do so. And this is about a documentary that was put on television and what happened to them. This is, this is from the BBC News, Monday 21st of July, 2008. A climate documentary broke the rules by Richard Black, environmental correspondent, BBC News. It says here, The Great Global Warming Swindle, a controversial Channel 4 film, broke Ofcom rules. Ofcom must be some of the standards or something to do with the BBC. The media regulator says, and a long-awaited judgment, Ofcom says Channel 4 did not fulfill obligations to be impartial and to reflect a range of views on a controversial issue. Now, what a joke that is, because the whole point of, for instance, the BBC, it was set up to be a propaganda tool of the British government for, for policy and foreign policy. But this is how they, how they use rules they never put against themselves when someone else comes in and is not playing the game with them. The film also treated interviewees unfairly, but did not mislead audiences so as to cause harm or offence. Plaintiffs say that Ofcom judgment is inconsistent and lets Channel 4 off the hook on technicality. The film's key contentions were that the increase in atmospheric temperatures observed since the 1970s was not primarily caused by emissions of greenhouse gases from burning fossil fuels and that the modern focus on climate change is based in politics, and they're right on with it, rather than science. Now, I've already talked about the first global revolution and how they claimed they took, they took a claim for coming up with this con of global warming and blaming man for it. And this greening system is to rule our lives in a minuscule manner, every one of us. So that, that's why you're going to get attacked when you come out and tell the truth about this thing. This is a must-be. This whole greening scam is a must-be to control us all. It is seen in some climatic skeptic circles as a counter to 
Al Gore's movie, I call an allegory uh, movie, An Inconvenient Truth, and credited skepticism with influencing people uh, perception of climate science. It has reportedly been sold to 21 countries and distributed on DVD. It's very disappointing that Ofcom hasn't come up with a stronger statement about being misled, said, said Sir John Houghton, a former head of the UK Met Office, that's Meteorological Office, and chair of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. That's the guys with the political interest in it, this I, IPCC. He works for them. He gets his money for the global warming scam. I know hundreds of people, literally hundreds, who were misled by it. They saw it. It was a well-produced program, and they imagined it had some truth behind it, so they were misled, and it seems Ofcom didn't care about that, he told BBC News. He, he, he's a born liar, getting his payoff to lie to the public, to go along with this Club of Rome scam that we're causing global warming. Ofcom define, defines a misleading program as one by which the audience is materially misled so as to cause harm or offense, and that swindle does not meet this high test. The program has been let off the hook on a highly questionable technicality, said Bob Watford, former head of media at the Royal Society, who played a prominent role in coordinating objections to the film. The Royal Society was set up as the first Freemasonic scientific institution with a royal charter in Britain. The Royal Society. These are the guys who funded and, and, and were behind Darwin and all the rest of them down through the ages. And who pulled many, many scams on the public. The ruling noted that Channel 4 had admitted errors in the graphs and data used in the program. It decided that this did not cause harm or offense to the audience. You know, Charles uh, Galton, who was the cousin of Darwin, not to be confused with Charles Galton Darwin, it was a grandson of Charles Darwin. Always you keep the same names in the family because they're all gods, you see. They worship each other. And they were using graphs and cons since the days of Malthus. He used a lot of graphs too. Technically, by Galton's rules, we should all be living 10 feet deep right now on top of each other. But nothing comes back on that. The plaintiffs accused the program of containing myriad factual inaccuracies but Ofcom says it was impractical and inappropriate for it to examine in detail all of the multifarious alleged examples set out in the complaints. So that's how they all come against you, especially this big political body that pretends it's scientists. The politicians and scientists, the scientists back up the politicians, and the scientists are living on grants from governments to do this. It's a must-be, as I say. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to try to get to the phones, but the server keeps kicking out here, and I'll even pull up again. But, as I say, scam after scam goes on, but it depends who you are. Uh, you see, they don't want any other opinion given out to the public, especially on a large scale. Got Ryan from New York. Are you there, Ryan? Hello, Ryan. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Hey, um, always good to hear you've survived a few more days. Isn't it, though? I'm, happy, I'm quite happy for that myself. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, they're programming us quite well uh, for the, um, the credits that you can't save up at the end of the week. Yes. Because um, it takes a full day of work to pay for gas, a full day of work to pay for food for the week, and then the other three days got to pay for the bills, for the yeah. minimum payments that everyone's enslaved with. Yes. Yeah, these guys, as I say, they don't make mistakes. And remember that 
that the panels for integration of Europe were set up in 1948 to work quietly, and in the late 1990s, after it was all complete and had the European Parliament, they admitted then, and they released the documentation saying this was to, the truth was to be kept from all of the publics of Europe until it was completed. And it's the same in the Americas. They set up um, negotiation teams in the State Department and in the Department of Foreign Affairs for Canada back at the same era for the integration of the Americas. And they also knew that China was to be built up as a manufacturer and would be given different currencies. Nothing happens by chance, including the slide of the dollar, all the rest of it. So they don't make these kinds of mistakes in their projections. So nothing is happening by mistake. Yeah, yeah. The, the dollar is falling apart, and it's meant to, and that's going to be part of the reason they're, used, they're going to use to rush the complete amalgamation of the Americas through much quicker than Europe at the end. Yeah, and most people probably want it because they don't even know any better. Uh, they don't know any better. And in fact, I talked to one person who first denied it, and then almost subconsciously or she spoke aloud and says, well, I guess it doesn't matter anyway. We all have the same culture, watch the same TV, and buy the same things. That that was it. Yeah. Well, they're all uh, dancing in the zombie jamboree. They are. They definitely are. They, they, most people, as I say, are not conscious their entire lives. They, they, they can be nice people. They follow the cultural norms, which even though they're changing, they follow them and adapt to them quickly. Um, they're polite to you, but they're not with it at all. They are not really conscious. I uh, recently saw The Man That Would Be King. Yes. Uh, the, uh, the movie. Mm-hmm. Not that I didn't read the book. But uh, shocking how uh, Rudyard Kipling is a character in that movie. Yes, he does. He put, him, put himself in as, as the top reporter for the... Yeah. the, 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 the Northern Star. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but what I found funny was how once um, he became king and he started, you know, getting to his head, he wanted, he thought he was going to be called cousin by the queen and become order of the garter. Yes. I was pretty shocked that they had, and even the whole, um, I'm helping out the widow's son in the beginning, I was shocked that they went that far with yeah. it. Mm-hmm. But when they, you know, you show it to people, they don't care. But they I, don't, I, they I found don't. it myself to be very interesting. Yes. And, and the fact that the, even in the movie, uh, fellow Masons had to honor and help each other, regardless of the mess they were in, uh, legally. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay, good talking to you. Thanks for calling. And i got Dave from California. Is Dave there? Hello, Dave? Hi, Alan. Yes, go ahead. Okay, um, I subscribe to Kurzweil's weekly newsletter that's got all this technology stuff in it because I've had a science background. Yeah. And uh, I noticed last week uh, they were one of the groups that was reporting that they had assembled a strand of self-replicating DNA from scratch. Mm-hmm. And I, I was thinking back about 20 years ago during the, the, the uh, rule of terror when, uh, um, what's his name, Kaczynski, Ted, Theodore Kaczynski, was yeah. sending bombs through the mail to all these people that were uh, pushing technology further and further. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, thinking, I read his uh, Unabomber Manifesto. He was actually a genius, a boy genius, and was in uh, Harvard at 16. And he, uh, to make extra money, he hooked up with a doctor who was doing mind control out of Harvard, a real famous one, who spent two years attacking his core beliefs and after that, Kaczynski moved into the woods and got his little cabin and, and uh, started sending out bombs. 
because he thought that technology was going to destroy the world. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I can't really agree with his methods, but I, I'm beginning to wonder if maybe he wasn't right about the technology thing. Yeah, and it makes you wonder, too, was he programmed to make anyone uh, fall into the same category in the minds of the public if they also speak out uh, uh-huh. about, about the agenda? See, that's the, the way of it. I mean, he went, he went to the most drastic levels to, or methods to, to get this out. Is labeled a wacko, and so the message becomes discredited as well. And so those who come out with the same message or warnings are now put in the same category. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Well, thanks for talking to me, Alan. Yeah, thanks for calling. See you later. Now we've got uh, Heinz from New Brunswick on the line. Hi there, hey. Alan. How are you? Very nice, thank you. I was uh, watching a documentary recently. How much is your dead body worth? Oh, yeah. Now, apparently, um, there's a very large network existing throughout the world of uh, not ghouls, but body snatchers. Mm-hmm. Modern day, where they, um, under the guise of running a legitimate uh, um, uh, research, yeah. No, no um, a place where you would uh, give your relative's body to be uh, embalmed or else to be cremated. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, what do we call those those people that provide that service? Well, undertakers. And undertakers. Yeah. They're selling the bodies to the medical profession that are dissecting, uh, dividing the body up into parts, and they can turn the body's body parts into a million dollars, a million dollars worth of, of parts, which are, are given to the medical profession to install into living people. So, yeah. so this is already, we're, we're very, very far, we're very advanced in that area, apparently. It's, well, they're, they're, they're making a killing. Yeah. If, if you can afford it, you can live forever, as you said earlier. Yep. If we can afford it, we can live forever. And in New Brunswick, um, uh, and uh, all over North America and uh, the world, this this year in September, we will be having our military uh, urban uh, terrorist tactical uh, exchange program running throughout the world. Mm-hmm. So in Canada, uh, in New Brunswick, the Germans will be in our area. Yeah. And our boys are going to exchange with them in Germany, and then they'll be... So, it, why? Yeah. Why? Obviously, because my cousin, who is in the military, is not going to knock on my door and take me away, is he, when the time exactly. comes? That's right. That's someone right. who doesn't speak English, who doesn't know me and care, will. Sure. So they're coming here to map our cities. And this is again, ancient, what you got to understand is how ancient that technique is, though. Well, I I mean, the Romans, the, when, when they took over Gaul, they recruited a Gaul. They also Germanic tr- troops, and they they made, they made uh, armies of them. And they were defend. They were they were turned on the Roman people when they rebelled towards the end as well. All the rural folk were rebelling. So that once again, they brought foreign troops in, although technically they were under the Roman rule. And it's the same thing down through history. The British Empire was famous for going into countries, recruiting people, giving them their own uniform, working for the Raj, for instance, and, and then uh, turning them on the people. And they used the people from the north of India to attack those in the south. We saw the same at Tiananmen Square, where the Chinese brought in uh, the troops from the north, from the actual it's almost uh, Mongolia area, and they have nothing in common with the average Chinese, and they just laid into them because they didn't see them as the same, same race. 
Okay, so that's uh, my contribution, and thank you for a wonderful show, sir. Thanks for calling. Thank you. I've got Tim in British Columbia. Are you there, Tim? Yeah, hi, Alan. Thanks for the call. Or, uh, anyway, um, I have two questions. You know how you say that, well, we all know that they've got the dumbs, right? And you say that the uh, guys in the parallel government will end up being taken to a safe place. Well, will that also take well, also like small-time politicians like uh, the guys in the Senate and and just mo- all those kind of guys, will they end up getting saved too when uh, the poop really hits the fan? And then also I just wanted to ask, what, what are your uh, opinions on um, an early strike this fall with uh, the United States or Israel on Iran just in regards to... Uh, how the U.S. has get, uh, told Iran that they've got two weeks before further isolation. Yep. I mean, well, we, we, we know in the mainstream papers they've already had reports out in the U.S. papers uh, that Bush had given the order for covert actions to to begin now. That means all the way to assassinations within Iran. Yeah. So they're already doing this kind of stuff in Iran itself, and. Um, I know that there are people in Iran now hunkering down at families waiting to get bombed, as they have been for a while now. Uh, This is the agenda. There's no doubt about it. Anyone who won't uh, simply join the new democratic world standardized system is going to get bombed into, you know, the ether. And just answer that thing about if uh, I hear the I'll I'll do that after this break. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix, and we're talking to Tim from BC. And, and to answer his question about the, the other politicians, I don't think they'll all... I think they believe they'll all get in for continuity of government. Yeah. Uh, however, it'd be a completely new system. They wouldn't need all these people that are used, really, just to con the public and to have mass followings. If they're killing off the masses on the surface, for instance... Um, you won't need these characters to keep the masses in line again, because the masses have been wiped out, right? So these, yeah, these, these guys will be technically ineffectual, and there'll be a priority list regardless of, of some other ability, if they're saved at all, that they must have. Uh, the scientific elites um, and even the bureaucracy that will run the system internally will be more important uh, than the elite. Now, we do know the elites do get promises of of um, even medical treatment uh, that Canadians can't get. Um, that started in the days of Preston Manning when every politician, and that was across the whole British Empire, by the way, uh, they were all promised they and their families will get priority treatment in special army medical facilities for certain problems. Um, they also get the real inoculations for real diseases as opposed to the stuff that ends up giving us cancers and making us very sick. Yeah. So they get, they get a lot of perks, and they all think, I'm sure, that if they play the game, uh, they'll, be, they'll be served. And again, a lot of them think, well, it'll never happen in their lifetime. I'll just take my money, guide the public, do what I'm told, and retire. But some of them now, I think, will be getting edgy to see this real. Uh, there's no real need. You see, once the world is standardized, there's no more need for this, this con game of politics and left and right and so on. They're coming up with, with the iron fist and the velvet glove is off. 
and we're all going to obey by brute force. They're on a, they have a timetable and they're in a hurry. They're in a big hurry now. And they can't slacken up because once you get fear instilled in the public to obey, 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 if you slacken up, we start grazing again and we don't like getting moved once again. So they've got, they're on a roll now and through anxiety, fear of all kinds, economic uh, threats of all, all the things under the sun, uh, they want to accomplish this mission into their brave new world. Well, do you think that, uh, like, some of the higher-up guys, like uh, pol- like whatever politicians are starting to get nervous seeing everything that's happening right now? Uh, they know they have quite a few years left. I mean, this is going to go on through the merger of yeah. the Americas, and after the merger, in fact, they'll still be in place as, as they make this transition period. We know already that senior bureaucrats in Ottawa, after the last signing or the 2005 signing of the integration for the Americas by the Prime Minister and the President, um, uh, the senior bureaucrats can, can apply for the equivalent jobs in Washington, D.C., and vice versa yeah. already. So they're already amalgamating uh, the bureaucracies, which are far more important than, than the, the, the front men we have as politicians. The bureaucracies have their agendas. Uh, the, the guys work their whole lives there and retire from there. They know what they must do, uh, and we don't vote them in. You know. Okay. Yeah, I really appreciate that. But that's who really they go after is that the bureaucrats, because they're efficient, more efficient. They they work along and they do what they're told, but they know what their agenda, their part in the agenda is, uh, as opposed to the politicians that can get moved around all kinds of cabinet positions. You're, you're the health minister one day, you're the minister of finances the next. I mean, they just pass them around and they wear masks, like yeah. the old Greek tragedies. Well, that's it for tonight. And from Hamish, my dog, and myself, in Ontario, Canada, it's good night. And may your God, or your gods, go with you. <laughs>